The following message was brought to you by the gifts and love offerings of the people of Rancho Baptist Church in Temecula, California. This message was recorded during our regular Sunday morning worship service. While Pastor Matt is on vacation, our college resource and associate pastor Eric Keeling will be stepping up to the plate, talking about his experiences in the jungles of Ecuador. He'll relate the story of Mary and Martha and the differences between serving and being served. And now, here's Eric. Now, no matter how familiar you are with this passage of Mary and Martha, it's important for us to be reminded about what it teaches. What we find here in this story is foundational to our relationship with the Lord. You know, I was talking with uh, someone in our church this week, and we were talking about the the importance and the significance in, in that personal relationship. And as we were going back and forth, talking about different struggles and, and, and that type of stuff, he was sharing with me about how he's come to realize that, that it's so easy for us to make the, our relationship with the Lord about the stuff that we do. You know, we, we can say, yeah, I go to church, I pray, I read my Bible, I even journal sometimes, you know, yeah, I have a great relationship with the Lord. And, and not to, to say that those things aren't a part of that, but that can't be the extent of our relationship with the Lord. That, that time with Him, that, that intimate relationship with Him, it, it's so much more than just ritual activity. It's so much more than just saying, yeah, I read my Bible, or yeah, I go to church. It's personal. That relationship comes in humility. It comes in sincerity, in openness, in allowing the Lord to do a work in you. It comes in a willingness just to simply sit at his feet and listen. We see that desire for that kind of relationship in our passage this morning. But before we get into that, I want to start with something in the beginning. We notice in this passage that Jesus was traveling with his disciples. He was traveling with his disciples. And this is an important point that, that often gets overlooked. When, when most of us think of the story of Mary, Martha, and Jesus, we just think of Mary, Martha, and Jesus. And we think, man, Martha was just so consumed with all this stuff, and it was you know, just these three people. But we're told that he was walking with his disciples. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think it's likely that Christ, walking with all of his disciples, would walk into the village and Martha would say, hey, Jesus, come in and, and, and let me prepare a meal for you. You guys, just hang out out here. Find somewhere else to go. Good luck. You know, take care. Come back in an hour and pick him up. You know, is that what we think Martha would have done? No way. You know, Martha most likely welcomed all of them in. So as she's concerned about all of these things, and this passage tells us that she's concerned about a lot of stuff, she's concerned about the needs of at least 13 guests in her home. Uh, This is a big group. Uh, That's not an easy undertaking. How many of you have had a party in your home for more than 10 people? It's a lot of work, right? You know, you're, you're preparing the meal, making sure your house is comfortable, making sure they all fit. There's a lot of stuff that goes on. There's a lot of anxiety and stress in bringing that many people into your home. That, that's reasonable. That's understandable. But the question still remains, what is to be our priority? What is to be number one? We have Martha. We also have Mary in verse 39. It says, while Martha was running around concerned about everything being in its place and everything being taken care of, where do we find her sister Mary? Her sister Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. You know, as, as anyone who, 
who wants that, that relationship with him, who desires that relationship with him. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus. You know, it's hard for us to gauge how long this scene took to unfold. You know, it's possible that, that when Christ and the disciples walked in to the house, that Mary was continuing to work with Martha, that she was still doing work and preparing and, and, and doing all this stuff. But then, out of the corner of her eye, she saw Jesus sit down and, and begin to start talking. And at that point, Mary said, All right, I'm good. You know, I was working, but now he's speaking. I'm going to go sit and, and hear. Now, it's possible that that's what it looked like. It's also possible that the moment Jesus walked in the door, she never left his side. You know, that, that she walked with him wherever he went until he finally sat down and then she sat at his feet. We can't be certain what it is. But what we do know, what we do know from this passage is that the moment Christ began to speak, Mary is found sitting at his feet, listening. She desires to hear from her Lord. She's not going to miss that opportunity to hear him speak. I came across another quote this week. I thought this one was great. It's a pastor by the name of Alistair Begg. He says, uh, We need to be careful that what we do for Jesus doesn't rob us of time spent with Jesus. Do you guys catch that? We need to be careful that what we do for Jesus doesn't rob us of time spent with Jesus. Now, what Martha was doing, it wasn't a bad thing. She was preparing her home for Christ and for his disciples. That's not a bad thing. But Martha appears to have let the things that she was doing for Jesus take precedence over simply spending time with him. She forgot that the whole point of him being there was that she could be with him. You know, I'm going to share with you, for those that don't know me very well, um, my tendency is to go through life like Martha. That's very much the person that I am. Uh, I am a, a doer. And uh, I had a friend who said about herself, she said, um, I'm the kind of person who finds value in the things that I do. And the moment that she said those words, I just kind of went, wow, that, that's, that's me. I find value in, in the things that I do. It immediately resonated with me. I, too, like to keep busy doing stuff. Um, being busy and active makes it easy for me to say, oh, yeah, i got a lot going on. Let me tell you about what I'm accomplishing and all this stuff. And uh, it makes me look and sound much greater than I really am. Um, I'm not trying to say that that's what Martha was doing. I'm not trying to say that Martha was trying to look good. I don't know. Maybe that's what it was. Um, but the fact remains, she was willing to sacrifice time spent sitting at the feet of Christ to work, to, to clean the house or to do whatever. You know, while we were in Ecuador, there were many things that needed to be done. There were a lot of things that had to be done just simply for us to survive, just for us to continue on. And not just us, our group of 18, and not just the other 20 that we brought with us of nationals who were ministering, but for the 250 uh, others who were there. There was a lot that had to be done. Things like, I get to show some pictures now, carrying water. We, we spent a lot of time carrying water, cleaning the bathrooms, making the bathrooms usable for us, making lunch, making meals, preparing food. Each of us got to wake up at about 4, 4.30 in the morning uh, to do breakfast 
uh, at least one, maybe two days uh, out of the time. To, to make breakfast for 250 people on a, a wood fire, uh, imagine. And uh, it is a lot of work. There was a lot of things that were going on just for us to survive. We also got to do dishes for 250 people in the river, keeping us busy. We got to pump to purify our water that we were drinking from the river. We got to get more water. It was all about getting water down there. It was always about getting water down there. There was so much for us to do. I had to go out and get dinner, you know, and, and bring it back for us. But uh, get that off of there for you guys, sorry. Um, there was so much for us to do, just to simply survive, just, just to, to be down there. And in the first couple of days that we were in the village, it was primarily just us that we were caring for. You know, it was just pretty much our group, and, and so that it wasn't so bad. But uh, on that third day is when those who were coming in for the conference arrived. Um, you think about this, there were, there were individuals coming from 12 different Wadani villages throughout Ecuador. Some had traveled as far as 10 days to come in for this conference. And they were all coming in upon this place. And we would sit there in the mornings and look out, and there were just a few of us, you know, stragglers. And then on that third day, everywhere you looked, there were people. There were so many people. And we were responsible for providing all of the water that was needed for the toilets. Uh, because, yeah, there's toilets, but there's not running water, so you've got to pour the water down with a bucket. So we're responsible to have enough water for 250 people to use the restrooms. We're responsible to have enough water to prepare all the meals, to have enough water for us to drink. It became easy for me to fall into my tendency of worrying about the things that had to be done. That third day I became consumed with what had to be done. Um, and those first couple days uh, with, with them there in the village were, were rough. Um, they were trying on me. They wore me out physically. They wore me out mentally. Um, it, it was difficult to, to get through those first couple of days. And we would take time each evening as a group to debrief, to talk about what it is the Lord was doing uh, in and through us that day. And looking back, I see the, the great benefit in that debrief time. Um, a young lady named Dana would would lead that time most of the nights, and she would you know ask a group a question. You know, tell me something that was great today. Tell me something that the Lord did that was just so great today. And all of us were like, Oh man, I got to play soccer, and I got to do this. And then you know, tell me something that was really hard. Tell me something that that you struggled with today. And so we would talk about those things. And then a couple nights we broke off into pairs of two, and one person would talk for two minutes straight. Just tell me about your day. Two minutes straight, uninterrupted, you know, lay it all out there. And then the other person got one minute to respond and say, this is what I hear, you know. And, and so we got to encourage one another that way and be processing what was going on uh, during our time in Ecuador. But for me, I think it was the fourth night we were in the jungle. Um, we were sitting there and, and all the people had been there and I, had, I was just worn out. And uh, during our debrief time, I shared with the group, I said, you know, I just... I feel like I'm missing something. Uh, I'm, I'm missing something here. And I, I told, told him, I said, I, I feel like I'm just missing the, the relationships. You know, I'm just getting the water and I'm so, you know, consumed with this stuff and, and doing the dishes. And, and Chet uh, said, Eric, you have to quit it. He just looked at me and just said, stop. Stop worrying about all of that stuff. 
See what the Lord has for you. The Lord brought you here for a reason, and it wasn't just to go get water. You know, there, there was so much that I was missing because I was consumed with the things that had to be done. You know, I, uh, I, I appreciate Chet for, for being so blatant with me and, and calling me out because I have to tell you guys, that night was the turning point for me down there. That night was, was when it stopped being about all of the stuff and became about what the Lord had for me there. My eyes were taken off of me and, and this little thing and, and really put on him and what he was doing. And uh, I pray that that is not just a turning point for my time in Ecuador, but for the rest of my life. That those things, that, that lesson would stick with me even as I come home. Um, but I want to share with you some of the things that happened the next day. The next day I got to sit down with a young man named Jose. Uh, that's him right there with uh, one of our guys, Jonathan Mancada. Jose is a, a teenage boy. He's, I think he was 14, uh, maybe 15. And he was coming, he had come in from another village and a lot of our guys had become friends with him already. Uh, but on this day, I got the opportunity to sit down and talk with him. Uh, he came up while we were eating and so I sat down and they had received a, a calendar that morning. And on the calendar, it had, um, Bible verses written out in Wadani. And so he would read for me, you know, Romans chapter 5, verse 6 in Wadani. And uh, you, want, you guys want to hear it? Okay, this is not. I, I'm, I'm going to give you about four words. But this is what it sounds like when they speak. Ere imi impa mono iaki imo poni inomi inta aido kate komi ante monte mono korito inomo aipe poni poni ke minito. So that's what their language sounds like. Um, and so he's sitting there reading to me the Word of God in, in his own language, and then I would take the English Bible and say, all right, let me read it back for you. This is what it says in English, you know, and I would read it. And uh, I would pick a word, you know, and I would say, okay, hey, saved. You know, this pat, it says that, that we are saved. You know, what word is that in, in Wadani? You know, show me what that looks like here. And so we went through about six different Bible verses, you know, going through and, and just reading the Word of God and, and talking. And Jose was one of the 49 who uh, gave his life to the Lord while we were there and was baptized. And uh, it was such a joy for me, uh, even as I was standing in the water, um, hoping that I might be able to be the one who baptized him, which I wasn't, and I praise God for that because I would have held on to that probably. But I got to see him uh, be baptized. Uh, and it was so amazing. And that was something that I got the day after the debrief. I also got to spend some time with Maniwa. Maniwa in, in the middle here, he is uh, one of the sons of, uh, he's one of the grandsons of Minkai, who was one of the, the three men that we got to have dinner with, who was involved in the killings back in 1956. Now, Maniwa had the opportunity uh, a couple of years ago to come to the United States. He spent 14 months in Michigan. Uh, going to uh, a mechanic school and speaks a, a little bit of English. And so he and I got to talk uh, about um, his time here and his heart for the Wadani people and his desire to come back to the States to get his pilot's license so that he can go back and work with Mission Aviation Fellowship. And, and it was so neat to be able just to sit and, and to talk with him and hear uh, his heart for his people. I also got to the next day uh, spent some time with Chet. 
Chet was the missionary that, that we were partnering with. And um, Pastor Shane and I got to spend probably about two hours. Uh, Shane and I sitting on the kayaks, which, um, just to let you know, was amazing. Um, we sat on wood uh, for hours on end. Wood and concrete and dirt and logs. And it felt so nice to sit on something soft. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing, sitting on the kayak for two hours. But uh, we got to talk with Chet about his heart for the Lord, his heart for ministry, his passion for the people. Um, and, and I got to share with him, you know, and, and encourage him in, in just what I saw in him and his ministry and his people. And, and uh, it was so amazing. And so I look back now, um, and it, it's funny, for those of you that have talked to me since, when you ask me about how Ecuador was, I always say it was a gift. It really was. I look at it was a gift from the Lord, but what I say I'll never forget is the people. And that happened on the fourth night when the Lord in Chet, through Chet reminded me that it wasn't about all the stuff, but that there was something so much more important there, something that would last. And as my eyes were taken off of me and put onto Christ, I got to see the people. I got to see what was going on around me. Um, God changed me down there. He changed me as to what my priorities were going to be. Was my, were my priorities as I come home now and continue, pick up the ministry here, am I going to worry and be consumed about all the stuff that has to be done? Or am I going to be consumed with Christ? You know what I've found for myself um, is that as I get my eyes off of myself and I put my eyes on Christ, my love for others increases. As my eyes are on Him, I have a greater love for the people around me. When my eyes are on me, I'm not so interested in what's going on in your life. I'm not so concerned about how you're doing when my focus is me. But when my eyes are on Christ, all of a sudden, you, what's best for you and, and, and all of that stuff opens up. It becomes alive. You know, sometimes we want to make the excuse that, that Mary, in this, this scene that we're looking at this morning, she had the, the privilege of, of Christ and the flesh. You know, of course, Mary was going to stop everything and sit at his feet because he was, he was there in the flesh. We don't have that. You know, yeah, we don't, we don't have Christ with us stopping by our house, saying, hey, can I come in and have dinner? And I, I just want to share with you guys, that's a, that's a lousy excuse to not have a relationship with him. It's a lousy excuse to not enjoy the fellowship of Christ. It may look different. It will look different. Um, but that's Okay. You know, I don't think our, our lesson from this is that we shut down from the world, that we become monks and, and go just sit and do nothing. I don't think that's at all what, what the lesson is. It doesn't line up with the rest of Scripture, so I better not preach that. Um, that that's just not what it's about. So what is our relationship with Christ supposed to look like? For me, the change came when I stopped worrying about all this stuff and I was willing to open my eyes to the Lord and what was around me. Um, a common theme in my life lately and in my ministry has been how self-absorbed we are as people. We, we are just consumed with us, and um, it's a challenge in this world. My number one priority today and each day is to take my eyes off of me and put them on Christ. That's how I want to start the day. That my eyes would be set upon Him. 
But I want us to notice something else in this passage also. Look with me at at Martha's response in verse 40. It says, But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. Now when it says that Martha came up to him, uh, the English language doesn't really do justice to that. Um, In the original language, it was more like, she came in like a ball of fire. She was a woman on a mission. She stormed up and stood over him and was like, Lord, can you believe that, that she's got me doing all of this? It was something more along those lines. She, she came in adamant. You know, Lord, he, look at this. I'm doing everything. Do something. Tell her to help me. But we can see here in this that, that there's another lesson in keeping our eyes being on us and not on Christ, and Him not being our number one priority, we run the risk of having strained relationships. You know, first and foremost, Martha's, because her being consumed with all this stuff, she's now in a strained relationship with Christ. She stormed up to Him, and she's telling Him what to do. She's giving Him the orders. She's like, fix this. Can you believe I'm trying to serve you? da, da, da. And so there's a strain in her relationship with, with the Lord because she's consumed with herself and all the stuff. That's never to be the attitude that we come to Christ with. But secondly, her relationship with her sister is now strained. You know, there's no doubt that, that Martha and Mary loved each other very much. Um, but when Martha felt like Mary left her hanging, she became bitter towards her. It's like, what? She's, she's not, she stopped, she's not doing anything. Tell her to help me. What is that? And we see the strain in the relationship between the sisters. You know, if uh, you find yourself involved in strained relationships, you need to ask yourself, what's really at the heart of those troubles? Is it because you're consumed with all that you have or yourself or what they think of you, or how they've treated you, or mistreated you. If it is, you need to first go and get right with the Lord, and secondly, go and get right with them. But we also see the flip side of this, because we have Mary, who's now in a strained relationship with her sister Martha, because she's simply sitting at the feet of Christ. You know, if you find yourself in strained relationships because you are pursuing Christ... You need to first evaluate. You need to check and examine. You know, am am I am I right in in pursuing him? Am I handling this this well? And if you are, then you trust the response we see from Christ in in verses forty one and forty two. Christ says, "It says the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her." You know, if you're pursuing the Lord, if you're pursuing that, that, that love relationship with Him and, and that's causing strained relationships, trust that the Lord is not going to take that from you. Trust that the Lord has your back in that. Continue to pursue Him. Continue to seek after Him. So what's our, our takeaway from this passage this morning? You know, first, we, we need to be willing to evaluate our relationships with people. We need to be willing to, to sit back and, and see what the cause of those strained relationships is. 
You know, and, and if it is something that's about us, if we're consumed with, with all the stuff around us or how we're being treated, then we need to go and get right with them. We need to humble ourselves, get right with the Lord, and not allow all these things to bring about that wall between us and the Lord and us and others around us. Also, um, we see that Martha was working hard for the Lord. She was doing a lot. But the Lord was more concerned with the relationship that Mary was pursuing with him than the work that Martha was, was accomplishing. Jesus was more concerned about the relationship that Mary was pursuing. He wasn't so worried about the food. He's like, that'll get done when it gets done. That's the way Chet was with the water. He's like, the water will get done. We're going to have it. It'll be fine. But what's important is, is your relationship with the Lord. What's important is what he has for you here. And not to be consumed with all of that other stuff. I want to remind you again, Alistair Begg, his quote, We need to be careful that what we do for Jesus doesn't rob us of time spent with Jesus. Don't let this world rob you of your relationship with Christ. Don't let things and stuff rob you of that intimate relationship with your Lord. Because there is nothing better than that. Let's praise. Father God, again, we, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace that you have poured out upon your children. Father, I ask that you would, would do a work in healing strained relationships. That you would help us as your children to to get our eyes off of ourselves and to fix them on Christ. May we, as Mary did, pursue that love relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because there is nothing that can compare with that. We pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, thanks for being with us today. It's always a pleasure to serve you with this CD ministry. Here at Rancho Baptist Church, our mission is to glorify God by making disciples who love God, love others, and live to reach their world for Christ. And if you have any questions regarding this sermon, or just perhaps knowing God in a deeper way, don't hesitate to give us a call. Our phone number is area code 951-676-2911. Or you can reach us on the web at www.ranchobaptistchurch.com. Org. That's www.ranchobaptistchurch.org. Have a great day in the Lord and God bless you as you continue to walk with Him.